Welcome to Rock is Reality. Get ready for unfiltered and unapologetic culture, entertainment, relationships, and a little bit of politics on Motor City Woman Radio. Follow Rock is Reality on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. In the meantime, let's go. Yes, happy five years, yes. We are live. Happy five. I gotta make as much noise as possible. I don't have you no do. You have to celebrate. Effect. So I'm gonna make my own uh, sound effects. But welcome to Rocky's Reality. Five years, uh, five years ago, on um, yesterday, actually, it was June twenty second, two thousand seventeen. I started, uh, and we still going. Thank you, Jesus. Pandemic yes. be damned. Pandemic be damned. <laughs> that part. That Pandemic, part. All of that. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, you guys, if you just want to make sure, Coco and Jervis, if you can, please share it on um, your Facebook pages. Let's just go ahead and get that out the way so we can get to uh, cutting up right quick. Let's, let's take care of business so we can get to cutting up. I was just telling Jervis, y'all, uh, hey, hey, thank you, Alfred. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was just telling Jervis, y'all, uh, we're going to put the disclaimer out there. This ain't Jervis Canty and friends. Um, so <laughs> we gave Jervis permission to curse. So y'all good church folk. Um, I'll just <laughs> kill Jervis tonight because he still loves Jesus. But we might curse a little bit, just the emphasis, okay? I ain't never heard you curse. You've never heard me curse? I've never, I've never really heard you like go off, off. Oh, Coco. You you all you always just like you are now with your hands like this. Now I see you pissed. I see you pissed off. Mm -hmm. But I've and I've I've seen you post stuff. But I've never just really seen you just lose it. Now I feel even more connected to you, knowing that you got a whole bunch of hood in you now. Coco, let me let me tell you something. Let me let me tell you. I love the Lord, but I will cuss your ass out. I'm a Christian, okay. but I will cuss you out. Okay, look, and look. You know what? And that's the thing. But I tr I try to keep it at bay, and I try to you know be cool with everybody. But everybody right. can't be cool. I don't like that side of me because it don't come back real quick. No. Yeah. So right. I have to kind of stay, stay over here. Yeah. Rocky, I want to ask you a question. And, and I don't want you to be emotional. Okay, five years in this business with everything that's going on in the world, being a woman of color, being a wife, being a mother, being a businesswoman, I want to salute you. I oh, want to salute absolutely. you and and honor you and tell you keep going, kick butt and do everything you got to do. But how do you feel right now? Right now, five years from today and looking back from where you started. Ooh, well, first I want to say, y'all, y'all, those who are listening, um, who aren't watching, this is Coco, the Detroit comic legend. I didn't do official um, introductions, at, but, but we'll, we will get to that. But thank you, Coco. And it's an honor to hear that from you. Um, You're welcome. I don't know. I feel excited, anxious, um, and eager for more all at the same time, okay. and just grateful. That's just all. I just that's just really overall. That's the overall arching feeling for me. It's just grateful to be here, to be here five years later, to be here um, to make to be making a difference, to be making an impact, and to gain the respect of people like you. I mean, to have you say those words, Coco. You know, you my favorite. You one of my favorite aunties. So. Thank you. Um, Thank I told you. Coco was on the show. I'm like, ah, I'm like, yeah, Coco, go, go, go. Um, you know, and so I'm just, I'm just grateful, and I'm grateful for people like Robin. Thank you, Robin. Um, I met her. Yes. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Robin. Thank you. Robin of um, yes, yes, for creating a vehicle. You know, yes. for me to drive, and just um. I'm just grateful for God. I, a shout out to my husband, my mama, who listens to every show. So, mom, we're going to be cursing. Um, and um, I'm just grateful for guests like you and Jervis, Coco, who, when I've called or emailed, they're like, yes, thank you. Come on. I'm honored. So, I'm just grateful and I'm just eager to do more. I'm just looking forward to the next five years. What the next five years got? 
I, oh, I, I, I try not to focus on, you know, I, I listened to my first show the other day and I was like, oh my God, I was messing up. I was this and that. Um, okay. But then I was like, you know what, God, this is growth. This is growth. Look at, um, look at the growth. So I'm just, I'm just grateful right now. And I'm just honored to have people like you on and that we all are still here after this damn pandemic. I'm yes, still able to do shows throughout the pandemic. Thank God to technology and people who support it. And so um, the word is verklempt. That's how I, I'm just overwhelmed right now. Okay. Okay. And it's not a pandemic. For me, it was a pandemic because when they said we had to wear masks, I stopped wearing panties because I wasn't going to wear masks on my face and my ass. I'm not going to do that. Huh? That's okay. The summertime would be too hot. It be too hard. Look, they don't need to know. They, they, look. Jervis, we, we sorry. We sorry. We sorry, but look, I, I had to. No, 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 no. It's okay, bro, because y'all don't wear panties and I don't wear drawers. I may or may not be wearing some right now. So oh, that's what I'm saying. You have a five-year anniversary party. Let's party. <laughs> Come on, somebody. So let me, do the, let me do the introductions. Let me officially introduce you all. This is Coco. Lauren Ingrid walks and she's been in the game, y'all. You ain't gotta read all you ain't gotta read all that because all that means Rocky is when you give an introduction like that, you ever be in an event and they read a whole page introduction. Everybody in the audience be like, she better fly, she better have some greens. So when you read all that, it's like, uh-huh. Listen, Coco, Ginger Hudson on Facebook, and Ingrid Walton to the feds. That's it. Okay. Okay. We do it your way. We I wasn't gonna read all of it. I was the, the first couple sentences. I ain't about to read all that. That's why I be telling you, like, nobody won't read all that. But yeah, um, I love you. but just comment comedian extraordinaire uh, Coco. Thank I gotta you. tell you, and, and I'm probably told you this before when you came on the show a few years back. Uh shout out to T Barb, by the way. Yeah. Um I saw you my freshman year up at University of Michigan at a comedy show. And you came out there and pulled everything but the kitchen sink out of your titties. I mean, she had a two liter of Fago. She had some keys. She had a phone. She had a purse. She even, I think she even pulled a, 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 um, a, a blow dry. It, it was it was just, and I remember you came out on the stage and you put it out there. And of course you had us cracking up. And at the very end, as we were leaving the show, Biggie's um, Juicy was playing. And I was just, I was like, you know what? Um, God is good. And, I, and I, I thought to myself, I said, this black woman is putting it down. And she from Detroit. I kept telling my um, my fellow college colleague uh, uh, classmates, I said, she from Detroit, y'all. She from Detroit all the way up here in, in, in the deuce, a deuce. A square and I were putting it down. So I was just, I just always have looked up to you, Coco, and I am Thank honored you. for real. I'm honored. And I really appreciate that you seeing me greatness. Um, that let me know I I'm do. doing when, when, when you I know, do. when the aunties is with it, you like, okay, I'm good. So I appreciate and I can, I, can, I, I feel honored knowing that passing the baton to you, you gonna run on with it. You gonna hear something in this thing. So. Whatever direction I choose to take, I feel honored knowing that. Okay, Harriet, listen, you to free me. I ain't gonna tell nobody. Take this gun and continue on your journey. I'm honored as well. Thank yes, you. Thank you. Thank you. And so my second guest for this this half hour is uh, Jervis Canty, host, author, uh, uh, screenwriter extraordinaire of uh, uh, Jervis Canty Award, multiple award winning. Multiple award-winning Jervis Canty and friends. So, um, and I ain't gonna read your whole bio either, Jervis, because we need to get please into don't, it. Please don't. We need please, to you know what? I, you know, Co Coco said it best. You know, sometimes I think what happens is people we do what we do, and when we do what we do, we do it with the mindset of just trying to give people something to get get them through the day. Yeah. And I want to give something back to you because. You're celebrating five years and five, and I don't mean to be deep, but five is the number of change. And so I don't know what shift your show is about to go through, but five is the number of change and it's the number of positive changes. So whatever you put your hand in to do after this year, at the start of this year and this anniversary, it's going to be good. And you're you're about to go to a great place. And the thing is, it's, it's awesome when you have the aunties like Coco 
pass the baton to you and you in turn give it to everybody else. So I'm excited to be here. No, I don't cuss a lot, but when I do, damn it, I do. But I'm excited to But for you to invite me to be a part of this and still be on the same panel as Coco, I'm so honored. I, that's all I can say is I'm honored beyond belief. So thank you. I I, I am honored as well. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. And you look fabulous too. You look fabulous. I don't know who did your makeup, oh, yeah, baby. But... I, I did. Y'all, actually, I did. Thank you. And thank you to everyone watching. Shaylin. Shout out to Shaylin. And yes, also, we got Alfred. And shout out to my best friend, Gigi. Shout yes, out to y'all, everyone, for watching. But actually, Coco, um, this was one of the good things. Um, and I received that, Jervis. Thank you so much. Um, because mm -hmm. I have been praying, like, God, please. Because, But y'all know I'd be almost about to quit every other week. So just. Every day. Every day. We're going to get to that in a second. Hi, every day you be like waking up like, fuck this. And then you be like, oh, wait. Lord, let, me cool, let me bring it on back. Let me bring it on back, Lord. Um, but um, I, I, this is one of the things that the pandemic, I'm calling it, helped me out with is, is learning how to do my makeup. So thank you, y'all. Uh, and thank you for everyone watching it. Alfred was asking me, how do you keep the show so fresh and, fresh and interesting for this long What's the motivation? Just people. Just, you know, y'all love my people. I'm a people person I, and I'm about my community. Um, I love when, of course, I can have celebrities and influencers on, but I'm, I'm just about um, making an impact on my community. That's one thing grandma and granddaddy instilled in me. No matter what you're doing out in this world, make sure you are uh, bringing some good to your community. So that makes me feel good that I can entertain people and also educate them about things and hopefully change some lives. That That's, yeah. you know, that that's, yeah. and like you said, I'm going to be passing the baton. Right now, I am trying to pass the baton to some ladies. So, But let's get into it, y'all, because we only got okay, about let's get 15 minutes. So I want to get to the good. Thank you, Shaylee. I want to get to the good part. So let's talk about we. Well, let's go back to how we came to this point. We were talking about Monique and uh, the D.L. Hughley situation. Whew, take a deep breath. Both of them look down like, Lord. Say the prayer, say the prayer. We ain't going to spend too much time on that. Um, but just update for those who don't know, uh, uh, well, y'all know what happened with Monique and DL, but an uh, update is, um, Monique, she got her lawsuit, settled her lawsuit with Netflix. So let's note that. Yeah. Remember when she was called yeah. Netflix out for discrimination, uh, and people said she was crazy then, but she just settled. Okay. Um, and recently she apologized to the family, yes. um, those family for putting them into it. Uh, and it's still, you know, I think it's still very precarious at this point. A lot of people. But what made me ask Coco is because those of you who may have been at the show, uh, Monique shouted Coco out and was like, look, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, I got history in the D. I remember going to Coco's uh, comedy. Comedy. What was it? Uh, Coco, it was right there on the corner. House of comedy. Of Coco's House of Comedy. Yes. It was on Jefferson. It was in McClellan. One of them McDougal. Yep. Yep. So um that's what Monique was like. Look, I've been coming here since for years. So I want to ask you first, as a woman in this business, Coco, what what is your reaction to what's happening? What happened with Monique? I, I felt like it was a it was a lot of stuff going on, and people never see the behind the scenes stuff. I'm gonna keep this to about a minute and a half. We never see the behind the scenes thing. Even when they started producing contracts and paperwork, and everybody had an opinion and this and that and this and that, they never see what goes on behind the scene. So people think backstage is fabulous and it's birds and eagles and all kind of celebrities. No. It's a promoter or producer probably cussing you out, going off. You're trying to get yourself together. You got to use the bathroom. You feel like you got everything is going on at one time. And I'm not going to say that they did not tell her that she wasn't, she was the headliner. And I'm not going to say they didn't tell her that she was not the headliner. I just feel like it was overwhelming. And she brought all those frustrations to the stage and she just gave it all to the audience. And, and, I think in the moment, everything just came out. She felt, probably felt betrayed. She felt attacked. She felt like um, somebody was supposed to say something to her before that point, and it all came out. 
And I think knowing her personality after she thought about it, and her sister then came out and said some stuff, and, and just the whole train of social media, everybody saying something, I think she thought about it and said, you know what? His family didn't have nothing to do with it. Let me take some of that back. Mm. Let me take one of the bullets back that I shot. I'm going to take that one back, but I still feel the way that I feel. I'm a, I'm going to apologize because his family didn't have anything to do with it. But I think she felt betrayed. I think she felt hurt. I think she felt like everybody has been coming at her. And people saying, oh, she needs some help. And it's her husband. It's her manager, whatever. At the end of the day, when you get ready to go out on stage, whatever all those things, all the catalyst to your confusion may be, it's about you and how you process it. It's, it winds up being how I'm going to process whatever's going on in my life because don't nobody know what's going on backstage. So she brought it all and she gave it all to the folks. Now y'all got it and y'all got to figure out what to do with it. Well, some people just can't. A lot of people, I have to say, a lot of people are, are you know, they're they not happy about I it. Um, I have to I say, I could, as a woman, though, I, I even though it might not have been the best method, I understand Monique's frustrations. I, I, but, of course. Um, but my thing is, I'm going to just say this, just the short of it. I didn't necessarily agree with all of it, but I still love me some Monique. So I'm going to leave it at that. I'm looking forward to seeing her in BMF um, season two. Now, Jer Jervis, what's your take on it? Okay, so I'm going to give y'all a little something different because I don't sleep with Monique and I don't sleep with her husband, however, comma. I'm going to leave it right there because here's the thing. I, roll, I ride with Monique. I ride hard with Monique because I think she's dope. I think she's funny. I think she has laid a, a foundation just as Coco has in comedy. And I believe that she's one of our greats. And I will never take that from her. What I do take from Monique is I feel like there's a time and a place for everything. And if I'm mm. cutting a check, if I'm cutting you a check to come do comedy, I don't give a damn what's happening with you and DL. I don't care about that because that's not what we're here for. And you know, Detroit ride or die. We, you give us the drama, we going with it, baby. We gonna sit in that audience and we gonna be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you had people, people riding with Monique and the audience was loud, but they also rode with DL when he walked out on that stage. And the thing yeah. is for yeah. me, I feel like it's a fine line you know, where you it's a fine line to cross when you pull people's family into it. And yes, she did apologize. Do I feel like her apology was sincere? Y'all not gonna agree with me, but no, I don't. Because I feel like she only apologized because her audience started giving her flack. I gave her flack too. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like the apology only came because the audience responded in a way that was that that was was different from what she responded. And so I feel like yeah. she responded. I felt like she used her form to bully in the moment. She she bullied wow. that man. You know, now, first of all, you walked out on this stage, you called this man a bitch. That's disrespectful. And then you say it was jokes. I was joking with the brother. No, you won't joke, buddy. Come on. You said you had premeditated this from a moment that y'all had previously. Y'all had a moment previously. You went off on this brother. And you said you waited for the perfect moment because I knew I was going to see him again is what she said. So you premeditated an attack at your job. Mm -hmm. That could have been grounds for termination. Because guess what? If I was the promoter, that show would have ended right after her rant. Because I wanted to hear the rant. I would have listened to the whole rant. But I'd have fired her right on the spot. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, D.L. Hughley. That's what I would have did. But, but how, you gonna, how, how you gonna fire her if she already went on? You mean for like the next show? No, and during that rant, I, I would have said Monique down. That that wouldn't have. Oh, continued. you would have walked out there. I would have let her have. Yeah, I would have shut that down but see, because it wasn't but see, appropriate. Here's the thing: had the promoter walked out there, interrupted the show. All that backlash, and, and you, you like you said, Detroit to ride with you, but all that backlash would have been a mess. It would have been a whole mess. So I think letting her finish everything that she said, 
and having Josh come back mm-hmm. out and say, hey, y'all have turned this into the Source Awards. Shout out to Josh Adams. I love the way he shifted gears. Good for him. Right. And, and allowing Dio to come out and do his thing. I think that was the best thing. The, the issue I had, Jervis, and Rocky, you let me know, too, it pitted us against each other, not as DL and Monique. It got down to, well, I don't think she's funny anyway. Well, I don't think he's funny anyway. Yeah. Why does it always, yeah. instead of dealing with the fact that she mad, he, this what happened, it gets down to who funny, who not. Then it went from that to they were starting talking about Kevin Hart, Cat Williams, and Dave Chappelle. Well, guess what? I say this with all the love in the world. Folks can always tell you what you ate, but they're only buying one ticket to one show whenever you come to town. They buy one ticket to one show. So they're not mm. doing enough damage where I'm losing ticket sales. Mm, so yeah. you may not think Kevin Hart funny, but all the way to the bank, Kevin Hart is funny. Yeah, uh, you yeah, may not think Kevin Williams is funny. Or you may not think DL is funny or Monique. There's an audience for everything. Yeah. I have to say, I'm it's going to be Absolutely. exacerbated because I, she's a woman. And that's part of the issue. I Even though I, I agree that she could have done that in a different form. And Alfred Jones is asking what other form could she have done it in? I mean, she could have went on her, her Instagram and what she did. She, she could have did a podcast. She could have she 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 Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, my babies. Here's the thing, my babies. Monique has a platform that's, that's Here's the thing, my babies. Al asked the question, what other forum could Monique have used to air all that, all of that? Her own. Monique has millions yeah. of followers. And, yeah, and, and, and my yeah, thing is, if, there, there were, if I have an issue with Coco, I'm going to, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that I'm going to go to Coco. And, and if me and Coco get about it, then we get about it. But at the same time, I would never affect her forum or her platform to work. I would never bring this to her job. Now, I done been through breakups. I done been through divorces. I done been through separations. I done been through all that. But one time, we'll never decide, I'm going to go affect your livelihood and go to your job and act a damn fool. I'm not going to do that. And that's what Monique did. And then she pulled his family and the dog into it. Mm. You said and the dog. And the dog. And the dog. Okay. I'm giving her a pass for that. Let's put a pin in it, y'all, because I don't want to spend all the time on Monique. Um, I want to get more into y'all. And I know we could go, we could go a a ways with this, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. but I want to come back to what we were talking about, how the struggle being in entertainment. Um, because this is the thing, it's just gonna always it's gonna be people who feel she was wrong, it's gonna people be feel feel people who feel she was justified. Um, and in the meantime, like you said, they they both still going to the damn bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the way. Both, all uh, the way to the bank. They, they still going to the bank. So, but yeah. I want to focus on what you all are both doing. What y'all are both doing. Because we all still trying to come up and get that D.O. Hughley, Monique, millions Maybe. of followers, millions of dollars uh, status. So, um, and I want to say hey to everyone who's watching. Um, Monique, my uh, McAlpine, everyone who's watching, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the happy um, anniversary and congrats and all of that. So, but I want to ask Coco right quick. I want to ask, are you on Grown okay. Folks Radio still? Is that no, still? no? So, okay, so I was working with Reggie Reds doing the Grown Folks Radio. So right now, I kind of stepped back because I have to totally strip down and reinvent myself mm. and i think again. i haven't given, again i'd have done it for the 15th time and yeah. it's a continual process it's it's a continuation it's like <clears throat> i have to do it all the time 
So yeah. what I'm working on now, I'm working on my my LLC. I'm working on my 501c3. And I'm working on myself. I'm working on my, my state of mind, uh, my body. Um, just had some major dental work done. So I'm working on re and I don't want to reinvent myself. I want to invent myself to a whole additional audience. So sometimes mm-hmm. you have to step outside of yourself and assess what you're doing. So that's what I'm doing. Do I want to do radio again? Yes. Yes. I wanna, but I want to do radio time. on my terms. I want to do radio. And, and this is just something for you to think about, Rocky. I challenge you when you get some time to do a little research and discuss or think about how many women are in syndicated radio. Monique used to do syndicated radio. She was on the air in D.C. and here. How many women are in syndicated radio? How many women of color are in syndicated radio? And here's the other part. And and no no tea, no shade. You got D.L. Hughley. You got Ricky Smiley. You got Steve Harvey. You had Tom Joyner, uh, Russ Park. You had so many African-American men. But where are the women? And when I've had conversations with the radio moguls and the radio gods, baby, some of the stuff they said, well, look what we've done for you. Baby, listen, God did this for me. You were just uh, the junction that uh, he put me in that position. So if I do full-fledged radio again, and I don't mean a podcast or whatever, if I do it again through a station, through a company, it's going to be on my terms. Yes, I will probably go back, and I love Reggie Ridge, and do some stuff. Yes. But to sit down and do it, it's going to be on my terms. I'm going to pick the producer and all that stuff. Because I've had a million great ideas and went to different teams with the ideas and been shot in the foot. I want to put a treadmill in the studio one time with a particular company. And they were like, what? I said, well, Steve Harvey got a treadmill in his studio. They told me, they said, that's Steve Harvey. I said, okay, I'm still a mammy to you. I'm still a nigga to you. And I get it. And see, and that's the struggle. Mm-hmm. That's the struggle. Always trying to prove your that's the struggle. That's well, I'm gonna be okay. In Jesus' well, name, I'm gonna be all right. You are, yeah, okay. and we are gonna claim it because you got yes. you, you such a demand to you, Coco. So, so yeah. what about what about you, Jervis? What about, and we gonna so and, for and, me, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm keep it real brief. For me, you know, I still have the same struggles because everything that I do, I've done it on my own, and so people think. Jervis is doing so much. Jervis is booming. Jervis is killing it. But Jervis ain't getting no phone calls saying, can you host this, do this, do that. And so I think the biggest struggle is when people look and they make assumptions that he's won this award and he's done that. And Coco, I'm sure you've experienced it too. You know, people think because she's Coco that she'll need us. You know, we don't really need to go all out and do all this for, you know, because, but, but people miss it. You know, it's a lot for what we do, you know, because we yield ourselves, you know, we make ourselves vulnerable. A lot of people won't call me because I don't cuss, you know, and a lot of people that do call me, they know I'm funny as hell, but I'm not a comedian. And so I would never disrespect a, a comedian. You know what I'm right. saying? We do a comedy show. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And right. I know I'm funny. I'm funny as hell. But I would never you are. take you a are. job from Coco. I would never take a job from Coco and call myself a comedian because yeah. I'm not that. It's an, art, it's an art to the craft. You can be funny, but it's still it you stand up and all of that. It's still an art to that that people don't it do. It is. And you gotta just be careful with how you do things. And it's a lane for everybody. So Jervis, you an amazing MC. So if I was doing the show, if I was putting the show together, I want a Jervis on the show. I want somebody that can engage the audience and know what's going on or whatever. So when you go out, do your thing and do your thing and, and get them rolling, then the yeah. host come out and just ride the wave. So I don't know whoever told you that, but they they a bald headline. And I hope they wake up with a foot growing out the top of their head with a toe ring on. Okay, y'all. You gotta wrap it up, y'all, because the second half, Eric Roberson is about to join us, y'all. So I gotta wrap yes. it up with Coco and Jervis. Um, I'm, I love y'all. I'm gonna have y'all back definitely. I appreciate y'all kicking it with me for this first half an hour. 
please tell everyone where they can find you so they can keep following and keeping up with what you're doing. Okay, I'm Ginger Hudson on Facebook. I'm Eagle Watson to the feds. I'm Coco the Comic on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn and all of that stuff. On all that stuff, y'all can find me. Y'all can find me at Sam's Club with a bridge car on Tuesdays at seven o'clock. <laughs> um, nah, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jervis. And you can find me everywhere on the Jervis County except Pornhub. You can't find me on Pornhub because I got an alias named that. Congratulations. I love you. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. Go run, 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 girl. Do this. Thank you. Do this. It's you. I'm ready for Eric Roberson. I'm ready for Eric Roberson. Thank you so much. Love you so much. Hope y'all. Have you. a good night. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Too funny. I was going to tell Jarvis, you really going to need Pornhub if you got a Twitter account. But <laughs> So uh, that was Coco and Jarvis Canty. Uh, thank you again. Uh, we are now, uh, thank you for everyone who's tuning in for the five years. We are now, ah, look at picture perfect. Look at you. Well, hello ah. there, Rocky. How are you? Yes. How are you, Eric? I I'm love great. it. Ero, Ero, I should say though. Ero. I'll take it. I'll take it. You? Shout out to the comedians just before me, uh, Coco and Jarvis. They were hilarious. <laughs> I, you, and you see, I, they, they, we could have. Could have been going all night all night we could have been going all night yeah, but i get it thank you welcome to Eero. um eric roberson you all if you don't know he's a singer songwriter producer um author professor extraordinaire uh independent artist for over hey. 20 years y'all he's been doing his thing king of independent soul and r&b welcome welcome thank you so much um eric for joining me. I am extremely me. honored. Um, I've been loving you long time, long time. Uh, <laughs> let me get it out the way that uh, many of my girlfriends were like, tell him I love him. He's my favorite. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So shout out to my girl, Ebony Darty. Uh, she was like, tell him, I, he, tell him I'm his number one fan. I'm like, of course you are. Everyone is. Uh, but thank you for joining the show, Eric, for Black Music Month. Shout yes. out to you. If, if it's anyone who should be on here for Black Music Month, it's you. So I really appreciate your time. And um, as Fonte was joking, you looking like a show pony. As and you, you're looking <laughs> handsome. I was right. listening to y'all conversation. I take it as a compliment. I'm, a, you know, a soulful. That's my name of my next album, Soulful Show Pony. You know, <laughs> right? That was, that that cracked me up when he was talking about how he's the racehorse. Um, or he's the he's the um, he's the competitive one, and you just yeah, yeah. way back one. But I love how y'all compliment each other. Yeah, it's I a good that. partnership. That's my that's my musical soul brother, man. You know, we we've uh, become really good friends over the years, and it made sense that we would make an album together as well. And and I think that's one of the things I look forward to doing. I mean, I've had a fortunate opportunity to work with a lot of friends, you know, and. Uh, I think that's one of the benefits of being independent is you can work with whoever you want to work with and make magic with them. So I've been enjoying that. Mm -hmm. And I love how you talk about creativity and how creativity just wants to find us. It wants us to just, you know, live in it and not try to be so um, shut down. And it really resonated with me when you said there's no balance, really, to what we were talking about. Because uh, yeah. those who don't know, Eric is a husband um, who has a lovely wife, Sean. Uh, and three sons. Uh, so yes. I know you stay busy. And I felt you when you said, like, as an artist, how you get so busy, but you, you try to make the best time you can. You, you use your time the best way you can. Yeah. Um, and focusing on the, the process instead of process. the product. I really, the product. I really love how you, because it's like we get so caught up um, in, oh, God, I can't do this, or this is going this. And it's like, look, stay right here. Stay right here. Let's Let's focus on that moment. So yeah. uh, I really appreciate those words of wisdom. 
And I always love how you've always just been a, a zen type artist. Every time you put the Eric Robertson on, you just better get ready to chill. You might not be in no bad mood. Nah, nah. I don't, let, I don't let it happen. Round, around me. There's no bad vibes around me. You know, I always talk about it. I might have said it even when talking Fonte. I'm on, I'm on a perception diet. I'm constantly, that's one, that's the main diet. I might be on keto and some other stuff, but the number one is a perception diet. You can't come around bringing bad energy around me. I'm trying to to see the opportunities that are in front of me and see the good things that I can benefit from and I can, that I can benefit towards as well. So, yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I, you know, the best compliment is that, uh, that, that the music I make can bring some peace to you or help you clean up your house. <laughs> so, or make some babies. Or make some, ba- which make I have some babies. Make some babies. You know, know somebody done made a baby. So some, some oh, no. I know. Yeah, I, I've, uh, man, I mean, I, I, I have uh, pictures you know, people have come to my concert with pictures of my kids. And thank God they, they meant me and my husband made this child to your music, you know, because they're in the CD line saying, I got your kids. I'm like, uh, somebody called security. Somebody called. Oh, 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 I understand what you mean now. Yeah, come on over here. Then. You know, so those are my kids out there. Those are musical babies. Those are musical babies. Yeah, yeah. I got enough kids of my own upstairs. So, I, you know, you know, shout out to them, too. Ooh, ooh, three boys, but ooh, bless you. So, Eric, let's get into, um, and I just want to say, when I think of you, I think of like sublime soul. That's mm. it's just it's just sublime every time I hear you. And uh, thank you. Speaking of those album covers, can we get into the album covers? And I'm like, every every wow. time I hear you got album come out, I'll be thinking, I want to know what the music is like, but I wonder what this damn album cover is gonna look like. Yeah. And rest- your graphic designer, I heard you and Fonte talking about he um, yeah. passed. Away. Yeah, um, Fave, and- man. He, you know, he passed from, from COVID last year, and that was that was really tough. He did um, my album cover, Mr. Nice Guy, and uh, and a ton of other stuff, man. He, he was an animator that I worked. I used to put out a Christmas card every year, and I would send it to, like, it would be an industry Christmas card, and it will be an animation of me and my family, like a cartoon, mm-hmm. a Christmas card. And Fave designed that every single year. So it was tough that this Christmas, you know, we weren't able to do it this year, you know, because yeah. it's, you know, it had this void. Oh, my boy's not here. Right. Um, and so and so forth. But uh, but, you know, I think every time we we make music, every time we make art, you know, we're honoring him as well as all the rest of our fallen soldiers that that unfortunately passed. But we do take, our, you know, the album covers to me are just as important as um as the music inside you know even lessons with with lessons album cover it came on a grand scale i said i have this idea of like designing this board and then my boy said i'll make it you know so he made this big eight by four foot glass wall and then i had this amazing artist named painting pretty and she she wrote all these lessons all across it and and then we brought the photographer in, Steven Johnson. So it was a it was a big idea of of capturing the concept. He, you know, years ago I had an album called The Appetizer, and we went to Fridays and we bought like every appetizer on, on the on the list: spinach, artichoke, pretzels, chicken wings. And we just laid it all out on the table, and then we, you know, sat there and you know took pictures as I devoured everything in front of, <laughs> in front of me. So I, I mean, for me, it's always about. The album should tell a story. The album should have a concept, and it, and it should be a visual concept too. So, mm-hmm. I always have fun with that. I'm glad you acknowledge you you see that because we do put a lot of effort into the cover. Yeah, oh yeah, yo. Um, and um, I was listening to something else where you said that music fan first was your peak is where you were like you knew that pretty yeah. much you had crossed that threshold. And I want to say that's my favorite album. I said, damn, that's a trip that he said that because um, I love um uh. Of you and I around a fall. Fall is my favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that um crescendos. I, I love yeah. that and pork dilling, your your little creeping song with Layla <laughs> is on there. Um, my little creeping song. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean we, so we, have, lessons, we have fun with all yeah. of it, you know. Yeah, but so let's talk about lessons. Um, it's your 17th studio album. I believe so. Yes. My publishers <laughs> told me 17th. That's the funny thing because if you just ask me, I, w- I would have lost count a long time ago, but I'll, I'll take it. It's probably 17. Right. 16, 17 around there. And shout out to um, Tiffany and Shia Bryceley, by the way. Yeah. Uh, putting this together. Shout out to him, them. And also shout out to Moon Fresh, who was on yeah. the show um, pre- previously. I had her on. I have such a girl crush on her, but I love the duet you two have 
Thank you. I can just her voice just it's just again you all just sound such a sink. So let's talk about lessons. Yeah. Um I damn near cried when I saw that Kenny Green intro. Heard Oof. that all I want. Oh my God. I, I I'm sitting there looking at the video. I said, is that the intro from my youth? My Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm like, they're yeah. the ones from come inside and, and ripping in the sky. So please yeah. talk about how that came together and you honored uh kenny green like how did, did you take vocals that had already been recorded like how did you get him on the track so uh, a couple of years ago the surviving members uh as well as a, a producer named tumbling dice approached me about they were they were trying to do a 25th anniversary of intro and i was like i mean mm-hmm. i always say i'm a huge intro and kenny green fan um and so they approached me and they said you know when we think of you know obviously kenny is not here unfortunately but when we mm-hmm. think of who could carry the torch of Kenny Green? We feel like it could be used. So we're wondering if you would love to participate. And if we had unfinished songs, would you like to finish those songs off or maybe contribute something to like the project? I said uh, wholeheartedly, uh, let me know. At first I was honored to even be considered the way they, they were talking about. So immediately I uh, I said, I had this song I wrote in college uh, called All I Want. I said, let me, let me just update it and I'll send it to you. And um, I sent it to him and then the, the, the project got quiet. That happens a lot of times for whatever reason, the project got quiet. And then years later, you know, I was, I was finishing lessons, the album, and I, I ran across this song. I said, oh my God, the song, I forgot all about it. And I called them up and I, I'm not one to like, usually when I give you a song, the song is yours, uh, you know? So, and that's kind of how I hadn't even thought about it. But I was like, hey, what y'all doing with the project? And they said, well, you know, we're not probably not doing the project right now. And I was like, well, what if I use the song and feature you on the song? Like, what if we do it the other way around? Rather than you do the song and feature me on it, what if I use the song and feature you on it? And I remember when they were talking, they said, we have all these unfinished Kenny Green songs. I was like, so what about those unfinished Kenny Green songs? Like, where are those at? Like, I just, just, I wanted to hear them just as a fan. I know, right? And, um, And I really, I think it's, you know, so what I would say is that uh we got the blessings from from Kenny's mom and I was able to get uh some unreleased vocals but I'll tell you the beauty of it uh, uh, was when we went to put it to the song because I already had the song written and I said okay this is the spot I want to put that in it was already in the same key so we didn't have to do any manipulating or anything it just it just like laid it there and it was like as if he sung to that track it was it's scary really scary and um but I, what I did show uh, the manager of the estate and showed the, the, the surviving members of intro, um, I wanted them to see what you could do with these unfinished vocals. Like, let's, mm-hmm. you know, so hopefully we can grab these beautiful, because he was one of the greatest songwriters. Yeah. Oh, God, such a great songwriter. Hopefully we can go and finish off some of these unfinished works that he did, because he really, from what I was told, created music till he passed. All the way up till he passed, he was he was working on music. And what was he working on it for? He wasn't working on it for it to never be heard, you know? So, so I, you know, I, I, it's a, I was a proud moment that we were able to feature him on this album. Mm -hmm. And, and those who know, give the reaction like you, I I remember I was doing a show in I think Vegas and a friend of mine just walked to me and just grabbed me. And he just said, Kenny Green. Yes. Yes. It's like, It, it, it's, it's been a if great you a music fan yeah. first. If you are truly a music fan yeah. first, you know. You if you yeah. are RB and see I'm a I'm a 80s, 90s, really 70s too, but Amen. 80s, 90s, 2000s um RB. Like I love I love how RB has evolved, but 80s and 90s RB, hands yeah. down. Yeah, it's nothing yeah. like it's the golden era, in my opinion. And so when yeah. I saw Kenny Green and intro, and I'm glad that the uh, the remaining two members joined you as well. But when I heard his voice, I was like, oh my gosh. He and that's just, what I he wanted. came to snatch my soul with this. Yes. And that's exactly what I wanted. And, I, and I'm, I'm so happy for it. And it's been such a great conversation. And, you know, it's been great because we haven't had a chance to celebrate him in over 20 something years, yeah. you know? So uh, just doing our part, man. And I, I'm really happy about that. I love that. I love that. So, d- Kudos to you for that. Um, Thank you. And I mean, you inspire so many artists. Like Fonte was saying, you um, are just, you know, you, you've you been a mentor to so many. You've written for so many. I didn't know you did previous cats about music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that, you, that's yeah. a B-side jam that a lot of people don't realize. They, that's a jam. It didn't get 
on the radio, but that's one of my favorites off that album. You know, like, it's always funny that um, it's a song that he still performs, you know, at every show to this day. And it's like, it wasn't a single. And I think a lot of my career has been that. I wrote a lot of songs for artists who, it wasn't their singles, but it was like, it was either a song that they love so much that they perform it or the crowd, the crowd chose it. The yeah. label might not have chosen, but the crowd chose it. So you had to, you had to sing it, yeah. you know, when he did verses against Anthony and to be there, first of all, just to kind of witness that my songs were being played um, on there. It, it was, it was a, it was a highlight to see previous cats being presented on, on the verses and stuff like that. So it was cool, but that's another college song, song I wrote in college. <laughs> well, hey, uh-huh. you know? By the way. Yeah. Uh, H-U. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to HBCU. My daughter uh, attends Spelman. So oh, that's great. She is living her best HBCU life. I know. That's I right. I wish I could go back. But I wanted to ask, speaking of college, you teach at the college, the Berkeley College of Music yes. in Boston. Yes. Teach songwriting. So I want to ask, what is the method? How do you teach songwriting? Because as a writer myself, it's just like, you, you come to know it's just a gift you have. You can definitely yeah. develop it, but it's just writing is just like a gift that God gives you at times. So, I mean, I'm sure you can hone it, but how do you teach that? Well, so there's so many different levels of it. And I will tell you that there's, I mean, the one thing is there's some teachers there that teach. Like when you get into like lyric four, lyric five, that that's another level of like, there's so many terms that I don't even know that I'm learning. <laughs> you know, when you get to those, for me, most of the stuff that I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find you, have you find your way, right? There's a right way, a wrong way, and then there's your way, right? Mm. And then I want to get you to a point where you can consistently visit your way, consistently, mm. right? So even mm-hmm. the one thing that I mainly teach, I teach a business class also in songwriting. Uh, and of course, you talk about publishing and copyrights and all stuff like that. But a lot of it I'm talking about is just doubt and consistency and completion, mm-hmm. right? So we have to get to those parts first for you to even get to the other parts of business. Uh, I will tell you, man, I, I, the amazing thing of learning that I run into so often, not just at Berkeley, but you'll find um, this amazing artist who, who might play bass and play keys and play drums and they'll play the song and they played all this stuff and they say, well, okay, well, I love the song. What, what do you plan on doing next? He say, well, the next thing is to find a producer. And I go, but you, that's you playing drums? That's you playing bass? That's you singing, right? You okay. mixed it? Yes. So you didn't produce it? No, I'm not a producer. Why not? Right. You know, it's like trying to trying to remove all the stereotypes right. and remove all yeah. the pressure and all the weight. So right. a lot of times, you know, the first part that I try to teach in songwriting is to listen to yourself first and foremost, listen and trust yourself and and then find your voice. And then we can improve. And of course, there's, there's you know, so many strategies and, and abilities. But the first thing is really focusing on completion and chasing that idea out and, and not letting doubt move you off to different different directions and you know, for me, I, I, if I have, if you ever heard me say it before, I don't create anything. I find it. Mm. I don't, I don't take credit for creating anything. The words already exist. The notes already exist. The melodies already exist. So be open, be open. And when you, and when you can't write, go find it, yeah. go live, go read, go, you know, I mean, so for me, the first part of teaching, and it's interesting because when I got, when I was being interviewed for it, I said, I don't know if I'm going to teach the way everyone else is teaching here because sometimes there's nothing to be said. Hmm. Just because I'm wearing the just because I'm wearing the term teacher, if someone plays me something and it's right, there's no room for me. To, I, I'm, I have the right to say it's right, you know, <laughs> and, and just stop there. But somehow we may overteach. We may actually teach mm-hmm. doubt. We may actually teach fear. We actually mm-hmm. teach criticism in an area where they just need to be boosted and presented. Like you just need to, I need to give you strength to go run full steam into darkness, run full steam into the brick walls that might be in front of you so that you can succeed. Guess what? We, you might fall. You might get hurt. You might have all this stuff, but that's part of it. Mm-hmm. You can't get there without going to that part. So your parenthood. It's all the same. Every song, every song I write, they're my babies, right? So you know, and at the same, and so you have somebody who's writing all these songs and they want to protect them. Oh my God! I'm like, and I say, okay, look at it as a parent, right? You know, even the the term process over product, right? We say focus on the process and the product will take care of itself. You can't focus Mm -hmm. on the product 
it's the same thing as with my kids. I can't focus on what my kids will be 20 years from now. I got to focus on who they are right now, yeah. care and nurture what they are right now. And hopefully they'll become what they need to become that the product will take care of itself. So for me, the, the beautiful thing of all of it um, is that uh, all the songwriting lessons that I've learned, I've tried to apply in my real life because they all apply the same way. Songwriting has strengthened my spirituality, you know, because oftentimes um, I'll write something I don't understand. Well, I'll write something that, that, that I find out months later is for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'll write something looking at it yeah. like, what does that mean? And then like, oh, that's what that meant. You know, so when people say, God told me this, I know exactly, I've seen it. I have proof of it. I have technical proof of it. Like <laughs> saying, okay, I wrote stuff that I wasn't wise enough to write. Yep. I wrote stuff that I didn't understand that then explained stuff later on in my future. You know what I mean? So yeah. Absolutely. You know, trusting your steps as well. So yeah, I, yeah, all my songwriting things I apply to my friendships, I apply to my business, I apply to my my marriage, I apply to my to my kids as well. And it's all helpful. I love that. And as a writer and a creative, I felt also when you were saying. It, it might just strike you at a moment. You got to write, jot something down. And yeah. like you said, you might not know what it's for. Because like you said, sometimes you hear conversations. Um, and myself as a writer, when I'm finding myself having writer's block, I, I get up and like, okay, let me go do something else. Mm. And then in doing that something else, I get struck where I'm like, okay, now I got it. Let me get back to it. And yeah. I, so that sounds like a similar process that, that you have as well. I always say this statement. I, I I said it to a student not too long ago. I said, "Um, uh, read to your full, write to your empty. Then read to your full, write to your empty. And read doesn't have to be reading a book. Read just means going out and experiencing, filling yourself up with reading things. So when you stop at a red light, study mm -hmm. study around you. When you're at church, study your surroundings. When you have a mm -hmm. conversation, there's a reason for that conversation. Something in that conversation is meant for something. So like really listening and hearing, taking in. And then once you're full, write again. I, I don't yeah. I don't believe in writer's block in any form or fashion. Writer's yeah. block is really um, when we're overly critical of what we're creating. Doesn't mean what we're creating is bad. It just that's when we're overly judgmental. And guess what that is? Yeah. That's product has nothing to do with the process. So um, stopping ourselves. We stopping yeah, ourselves. We're stopping, stopping ourselves. So uh, I've worked hard to put away doubt. I've worked hard to not stumble over, you know, product. But uh, but I I think my work shows for it. I'm in a I feel like my pen is moving better than it's ever moved mm -hmm. um, in my writing. And I'm having a good time doing it. You know, I, I, I try to practice what I'm what I'm talking about. I don't just say it just for one thing, but I'm actually constantly practicing on trying to um, maintain a, a, a pen till it till it goes empty. You know, mm -hmm. love that. And, I'm, and so I didn't know that you had to have surgery on your vocal cords. Yes. So thank, thank you, Jesus, for healing his vocal cords. Thank you, God. Because yeah. you know we needed this voice. Come on so now. That was, I'm sure, a pivotal point in your career. Talk about how you've overcome that. So I had a vocal, I had a, a blood hemorrhage on my vocal cords. So, you know, vocal cords are thinner than a piece of paper. You have two vocal cords that to pretty much go back and forth. As I'm talking right now, they're, they're vibrating next to each other. And that's how we make sound. Well, I had a big piece of a bubble of blood at the end of it that was hitting in between each of it. Mm. And I knew I was a problem immediately. I knew something was wrong. I, I felt something, even though you're, you're uh, what I can't say I felt something. What I tell you is that notes I was able to, I was able to hit, I wasn't able to hit anymore, like almost mm. immediately. I had just mm. finished the album and I couldn't hit notes on a, on an album I finished just a few months before. Mm. So uh, the doctors told me I had a blood hemorrhage. It was, it was really scary. And you know, it, it's, it's put a lot of artists in jeopardy before, but you know, Frank Sinatra had it, um, Adele just so recently had it. Um, so it, it happens, but it was probably a, a year process of like rebuilding. I, unfortunately I had to opt for surgery to have it removed because it wasn't getting better. And, um, what, what I will tell you is that it was the hardest process to go through. I would never want to go through a process like that as well, as well as just the jeopardy of, of my health and of my voice, but it gave me a new voice. It gave me, I have, I have not been hoarse one time since then. So, so the difference will be, so I'll tell you my life before that I would do a show on, 
I'll do shows Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I would come home Monday and I'll be quiet from Monday to Friday till I left again. No phone mm. calls. I might want to either talk to my maybe my kids or I'll talk to my wife I'll, or my parents. I'll set out no conversation. And then Friday I would leave again trying to heal up enough just to go back on the road. Oh, wow. And now I'll do shows Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then I'll fly home and go right in the studio and record all night. And then I might go out and play or I might do a podcast or do this interview. So I will tell you that one, rededicating myself for vocal health and getting better was one of it. But it also gave me a new life. It gave me an uh, opportunity. So I, I write a lot about that, like that your failures sometimes will benefit you or, or your setbacks will make you stronger. So yeah. it was a good thing for me. I mean, I, I would never wish it on anybody, but um, but at the same time, it, come back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 because I don't, I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how much longer because of my vocal problems I was having. And what I had, let me just explain this for anyone who's listening. I had a really bad reflux problem. That's what it was. I took very good care of my voice. I wasn't careless with my voice at all. But if I had drank tea before going to bed, I'd wake up hoarse. I just didn't know. And I wasn't one who like it, it didn't give me like indigestion and like that. It just attacked my vocal cords. So somehow over the years of eating a meal in daytime, it wasn't even like nighttime late eating. It just was somehow it was really attacking my vocal cords and, and the doctors found that out. Once I got that taken care of, my voice has been great ever since. I love it. And I'm so yeah. glad. Thank you, God. You knew God. You knew. You knew. We knew. You knew. We knew. Well, I want to add, because you inspire so many people, of course, Eric, um, and shout out to all the fans that are watching uh, now. Uh, but who inspires you? Who do you like? Who do you like? Who do you who do you get inspired by? So many people. I mean, there's there's a lot of comedians that get inspired by. There's a brother, um, Ali Sadiq, great comedian. You know, I mean, sure, you know, the Dave Chappelle's are incredible, and 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 uh, DL Hughley's incredible. But like, like the unsung, like Ali Ali uh, Sadiq is amazing. Um, Avery Sunshine, Emily King, yes. the artist. Um, but then all the way going back to like Bill Withers. If you notice, my last album cover was very much inspired by uh, Bill Withers had an album called Adjustments, and uh, and uh, so my album cover was inspired a lot from from that album cover he had. Um, and he was he was one of the people that you know. Unfortunately, he passed you know a couple of years ago. <laughs> I never had a fortunate opportunity to, to like sit with him. I I, I wouldn't even want to work when I just want to sit and talk with him, just pick his right. brain. Right. Um, I had the fortunate opportunity of uh, I met Stevie Wonder a couple of times before, but I had a chance to really sit with him uh, earlier this year and just kind of pick his brain a bit. And, and you know, so that the, the great Sade inspires me, you know, um, Nas, <laughs> Biggie Smalls, the, Slick Rick. Oh, my God. I was just yes. having a conversation about Slick Rick and Busta Rhymes. I'm, I'm a big hip hop fan. So Busta Rhymes, Slick Rick, you know, those really inspire me. But at the same time, um, Glenn Jones, Earth, Wind, and yes. Fire. Where's Freddie, Freddie Jones? He's still rocking. He still sounds oh, great. Still sounds great. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually just finished writing uh, four songs on Freddie Jackson's new album. And, uh, and you know, just uh, I love writing for my heroes, you know. So Will Downing, who, Will Downing, who has become a great friend and mentor, uh, truthfully inspires me because I look at how long he's been doing this and how yeah. long he's, been able, he's still such a genuine dude and such a, a, a stellar performer yeah. that uh, I'm inspired. I mean, like I said, I could just keep going on and on. There's so many people I find inspiration in almost everybody really. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of them. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. Um, and so Eric, what would you be doing if you weren't a singer, songwriter, professor, author, mm. A music extraordinaire, pretty much. What, what would you be doing? I, I, that's a good question. Something creative. I do know that. Um, my mother quit uh, her corporate job my freshman year. I remember her coming home and saying, I can't do it anymore. And she started a business in fashion. And, and watching my father like support it and stuff like that, it, it's no surprise that I have my own business. My sister, my older sister, has her own business as well. And so... I might be an actor or I might have a, a sock business making, you know, designer socks or something. It would, 
it would be something creative. I don't think I'm I don't think I'm really built to be in a cubicle, you know, or or making copies or or answering phones, or, you know, or, or or selling things that that I didn't create mm-hmm. or that I didn't have a passion behind. Um, so it would it would be something, man. I would have like some coffee shop in in Brooklyn <laughs> making homemade coffee, you know, that oh, I would. I would you're from Jersey, right? You're from Jersey. Yeah, yeah okay. Jersey. So you know, it would it would be it would be something, you know, having some boutique, you know, house music shop or something. I, so if I didn't have the um the ability to to sing uh, or put words together i don't you know i don't know it, it would be something in a creative aspect i see you line to say come on okay yeah my f- so i'm I, i'm from new jersey but my whole family's from north carolina so shout out oh, to north carolina. i love it yeah and like and so yeah so unfortunately we have to wrap up um so again i thank you for your time eric no I really worries. enjoyed you um i love your libra vibes i'm an aries so you're libra right we the Libra yes. always kind of get the Aries. We, we always have a good vibe together. So I really appreciate you. Uh, but you come in here next month and hopefully I will be there. You'll be, I'm here in Detroit, at, at, by, by the way. Oh, yes. Yes. So you'll be here. You're on tour um, yes. and you'll be here next month at the Aretha. Uh, yes. So I look forward to that show. I know it's going to be awesome. I mean, it's always awesome. So yeah. uh, tell us what's next of the tour. Tell us where they can find you. Of course, the album Lessons is out now. Thank you to everyone watching. Um, and I don't know if you knew, Eric, this is the five-year anniversary of my uh, podcast. So I really appreciate you. Congrats. And Thank you. So um, I, like you said, it's all about the process, right? It's all about yeah, the process. Yeah, keep so, rocking, keep growing. Yeah. Well, well, thank first you. of all, a big shout out to you. My oldest son is named Rock. So so oh, I smiled when I saw you know, I saw smiled and I saw your name. Um yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're on this lessons movement. We're we're on this lessons tour and look forward to coming to Detroit with that. We have the book lessons that came out as well. I have two yeah. books that that I plan on releasing over the next year as well. Uh, one is very much like the songwriting that moves on. So it's, I have a book called Getting Out of the Way of Yourself, which is songwriting lessons that you can apply Ooh. to your real life. And Ooh. then I have another book called Beautifully All Over the Place, which is a, a, a poetry book that's uh, pretty fun. And um, and outside that, get ready for the audio book of lessons for the lessons okay. that we just made. Yeah. And in the album, of course, lessons. So it's just lessons, lessons on lessons, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, I just see you guys on the road and, and everybody just stay safe, stay blessed. You're right, yeah. And I love that opening line. God has a funny way of teaching you lessons. If that ain't Listen. the true proof, okay? Listen. Because you think you're doing something, but he's going to let you know. He's going to let you know. Okay? So, sometimes those closed doors is the ones that were supposed to be closed. So you can go through yeah. a different way. We, we often say we blame the devil for setbacks, but sometimes it's God protecting us. Mm. You know? And we, got, and we got to remember that sometimes. Like, you got to, like, uh, and, I, and I'll tell you something in closing. Uh, the, the, the day before I, before I wrote, God has a funny way of showing you lessons. I wrote this, I guess you can call it a poem, but it was a, a small essay or something that said, God is a comedian. So stop taking things so serious. Sometimes he trips you up just for the hell of it. Mm. And it's like, it's like just the, the, the play of it, of like the play of words. And that's where it kind of, God has a funny way of showing you lessons is really what came out of that. Um, mm. But yeah, if you say if you say oh, I'm gonna do this, he's like, oh really? Okay, <laughs> you know. Exactly. So, you think. Yeah, you think that's what you're gonna do? Okay, cool. You know, you gotta remember that God made Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and, and, and Red Fox, so he he's probably the funniest thing you've ever gonna experience. I mean, you decide right. to think about it. So I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Well, again, um, I appreciate you, everyone. Make sure. Uh, my best friend Gigi said, "Yes, Lord, right, preach it. We're <laughs> church tonight, right? Because as you get older, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm in my forties as well. So as you, yeah, in forties, you see, like, look, listen, um, God is trying to tell you something. Like she said, in the color purple, He's trying to tell you something. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I, I really appreciate you again, Eric. Um, look forward to seeing you next month. Please yeah. keep me um, posted or reach out to me if it's any way I can support or." Um, yeah, I, I definitely. This is just I'm not goodbye. See you later because I write yeah. a few publications. So hopefully I'll get to interview you maybe one day for thisisrnb.com or rolling out or one of those. Um, or hopefully I'll meet you in person one day. That would be awesome. In, well. in Detroit so, next month. Yeah, yeah, of course. Let's do it. Yeah. And where can people <laughs> follow you on social media? 
Uh, you can follow, man. So ericrobertsonmusic.com is the website, ericrobertsonmusic.com. Uh, I, I get pretty ratchet on Instagram. Um, so you can go to arrow 44, E R R O 44 on Instagram. The rest of them have so many different names. So you can probably just go. I think I'm my label blue arrow soul is Facebook. I am Eric Robinson on Twitter, but Instagram and, and the website is the main, the main spots. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for watching and listening. And again, thank you, Eric, for your time and um, best wishes to you. Enjoy the rest of your week and your, that tour. And I look forward to seeing you next yes. uh, month. Well, no, I think it's August. Excuse me. I'm sorry. It's August uh, when you're scheduled to come here to Detroit. No so I look forward to seeing you and hopefully meeting you and take care again. And thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Take care now. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you everyone for watching. Have a good night.